if it comes to the point where I see Matt Olson there, and I know that Bryce Harper and Pete Alonso are still waiting in the wings, like yeah. maybe a round or two later, I think I'm passing on Matt Olson. Every yeah, home run after home run after home run, I'm like, holy crap, like, it's the old Altuve, you know? And I'm going after guys like Austin Riley that's going to hit close to 40 home runs with a decent bat. And what we do with the luxury tags or any of that stuff, it's just... The owners want to bring a champion to a team. They're going to do whatever it takes. All right. Welcome, everyone, to Real Talk Fantasy Baseball. Uh, appreciate you guys checking in. Please hit that like and subscribe button if you haven't done so already. Um, as most of you are noticing, Javi is not here today, so Kevmo stepped in. He's uh, helping me out to be my, my number two today. I appreciate you being here, Kevin. Yeah, no problem. Thanks for having me. Always fun. Yeah, man. Um, today, we have a good show, guys. Uh, today on the show, we have the top 12 starting pitcher rankings. Uh, there were some rule changes from 2023 that kind of impacted a lot in the game, you know, and especially for starting pitching. Uh, we'll get into that for each individual player. Uh, before we do that, two things I want to I want to mention is that we do have a fan league. Uh, for anyone that wants to get in, we are about halfway full right now. It's a head-to-head categories league. There's a prize for the winner, uh, possibly more than one prize for the winner, maybe second place. I don't know. We haven't decided yet. There is no entry fee, so you don't have to worry about putting money down. Uh, just send us a message on YouTube, Instagram, Facebook, wherever you guys follow us, and um, and we'll get you in that league. Uh, so the, the grand prize is going to be a custom Real Talk Baseball Fantasy Champion jersey, and um, maybe a couple other things along the way, a shirt, a hat, you know, we'll, we'll figure it out as we go. Uh, so that is the first thing. The second thing that I want to mention is in the bottom right corner, you guys see sponsored by Rival Fantasy. So our, our show just got sponsored. We, we are very excited about the 2024 season, get the, get the show on the road. Um, so I want to show this real quick. So Rival Fantasy, they are innovative. Like they they came up with this fantasy bingo that uh, that looks really fun to play. You get your own game card, and you can, um, you know, whatever happens through the games during the day, um, you know, that'll highlight for you. Uh, so you just pick your card, and then you know the the com- computer does all the rest. Uh, there's challenges, daily challenges that you guys can can do where it'll give you two different players to choose from. And um, and you just choose one of the players that you think is going to get more fantasy points for the day. There's best ball. There's there's a lot of different types of cool things on this site. So go to RivalFantasy.com or download the, the Rival Fantasy app. Use code RealTalkBaseball, and they will match your uh, first deposit up to $200. So you can actually have $400 deposited in your account. So, uh, yeah, that's pretty awesome, man. I, I actually can't wait for the baseball season to start doing those challenges. I think those daily challenges sound really fun. Yeah, those, those sound awesome. I've done some some stuff like that on, on like, different apps and, and whatnot. So I'm definitely getting in here on the Rival Fantasy, getting in as much as I can. Those things are really cool. So uh, you guys check them out. And um, who knows, maybe, I don't know, maybe on the on the podcast we can, like, put one of our favorites, like, going into the weekend or something. And Yeah, that's that's actually, I, I wanted to kind of do, like, a daily show, a daily yeah. episode where it's only going to be, you know, just a couple minutes just yeah. to go over the daily challenges that they have available, kind of give my picks for the day. Yeah. And, um, you know, if, if 
if someone's watching the live, you know, hopefully they'll they'll go to yeah. Rival Fantasy and they'll sign up and you know, maybe they'll take my advice, maybe they won't, but hopefully yeah. everyone wins some money. You know, yeah. that's what it's all about. It'll be fun for sure. All right, going into our starting pitcher rankings and it, starting pitching, dude, like like I just mentioned, the rule changes, like it it changed the game. Bigger bases, so you know, there's a lot of guys that are being safe at first when they weren't originally, you know, because there's an extra like three inches. So the, yeah. the bang, bang plays aren't so bang, bang anymore. Right. And um, the uh, the pitch clock, there's been a lot of different players, a lot of starting pitchers that don't like the pitch clock at all. They feel like it messes up their rhythm. They have their own little unique things that they do. I know Zach Granke, he likes to touch his mouth and touch his glove back and forth like five times. Yeah. You know, batters do the same thing. You see Bryce Harper adjusting his gloves every single time he he uh after a pitch is thrown, you know, it, it's the the Velcro didn't move at all, you know, but it's just it's a ritual, you know, that's yeah. just that's how baseball is. And it, it definitely did mess up um some some things, you know, regarding starting pitching and um and batting um limited pickoff attempts you know that's another one that kind of like gets into the psyche of the pitchers you know they're they're thinking yeah. of oh this guy's gonna steal on me because i already threw over three times you know yeah. and and then banning of the shift that also hurt a yeah. lot of ground ball pitchers a lot of these pitchers that that have heavy sinkers or change-ups that try to get those ground balls you know they they're actually benefiting from our um they're not benefiting from this. It's actually a disadvantage for them because a lot of those those um, batted balls that used to be just fielded very easily are now actually finding gaps and finding holes right. to get to the infield. So, unfortunately, um, starting pitching was on a decline last season. We oh, yeah. saw league-wide ERA go from 405 in 2022 up to 445 in 2023. And the league-wide whip in 2022 was 126, went up to 131. So that one didn't change too much. But the ERA, definitely, that that's 40 points, man. That's a lot. Yeah, definitely. And, and also uh, durability. I mean, that's obviously a trend going on in general. But uh, with, with pitchers' innings, there were only five total pitchers that threw over 200 innings last year. And I saw something like in 2019, it was like, 15 pitchers so that's you know that's 10 pitchers uh 20 p.s uh, uh, one of those five was miles michaelis so you know we're not it's not the high-end guys you know <laughs> i did uh, see that yeah yeah 25 total pitchers with over 180 and then only 15 that hit the 190 marker so you know that's p pitching is going to be something that is obviously a huge part of it it's you know half the categories and categories leagues uh, for the most part um you know they depending on, on, you know, the kind of league you're in and whatnot, but it's definitely something that's huge, but it's, it's a tricky thing to, to tackle. Um, one thing I will say is going into your draft, know your league settings. It is going to be, I mean, that's, that's for everything, but for sure for pitching, you know, you need to know if quality starts matter more or if, mm -hmm. you know, whip matters or, or whatever it is, because that totally can change the ranking of your pitchers from you know a guy can be at you know like 10 spots different from those little things so you know take what we say uh with a grain of salt in the sense that you know match it you know cross-reference it with your league stuff you might have to put in a little bit of work but um yeah you know you don't want to go our our number 10 guy for sure and then it's you know 
depending on your league, he might be actually your number five guy and you missed out on him or something. You know? Yeah, so. most of the time on this show, we we geared more towards points leagues. But yeah. if you're in a categories league, a lot of times I try to, you know, throw in there like a, a little bit of, you know, categories versus points. You sure. know, if I value a, a different player higher, whether it's categories or points, like um, a guy that has a really high strikeouts, like Aaron Nola, right? Mm-hmm. Aaron Nola is much more valuable I think in um, in uh, points leagues points, versus yeah. in categories because in categories he's just going to make your ERA implode. Right. Right. Yeah, and that's that's one category that you might lose just because of that one guy. One guy yeah. versus Absolutely. points, you know, that's yeah he he may give up four runs right, but that's only a negative one, you right. know. And you know, depending on how your settings are, just like Tevmo said. You know, just pay attention to those settings and uh, kind of like draft accordingly. Right. Uh, first guy we have on the list, and I believe he is the first on every list, and that's Spencer Strider, who you have in our keeper league. Yes, bastard. sir. <laughs> yes, sir. Spencer Strider, what a stud. 20 wins, uh, you know, 13.5K per nine, under three, walk per nine, uh, three, eight, six ERA. So, again, you know, it's, it's not bad. It's pretty good. Um 281 total strikeouts, 1.09 whip. Uh, he is a two-pitch pitcher, but um, from my understanding, he was adding, I think he added a changeup, and that really helped him. Um, I got, the guy's a stud. I know Will's going to go in on some good stuff uh, right Uh-oh. now. I think we lost. Oh, no. Uh, you, you you went away for a second. All right. <laughs> I was just going to say, I know I know Will's going to, uh, you know, get, get you, give us some more, uh, some more info on this guy, but, you know, Pure, pure and simple, guy's a stud, and he yeah. seems to be getting better. You know, he's young, so it seems like he's on an upward uh, trajectory. So that's a, that's good. I mean, in you know, qu- uh, you know, team team context matters. The guy's gonna get wins. Mm-hmm. He's gonna get some wins. So, so ADP ten. Let me let me ask you this real quick. Do you do you think that he is worth ADP ten overall? Oh, you know. I've been I've been kind of tackling this. I think that he and again it, it might just it might depend on on your league. Um, I think that if you're in a smaller league, um, so if it's like a ten person league and you're at that turn, then sure I'll take him at ten, and then you come back real quick and get someone else, mm-hmm. uh, you know, a hitter. Um, if you're in a, like a pretty deep league, like a sixteen teamer, fifteen, whatever, you know, depending on your league, I don't know. I feel like. Again, it may, might just depend on where you're at in the in the in the you know in the draft, like in the you know who's been taken already. Who's and... been taken? If you're at the end, um, you know, then you know he. You, it might if you pass up on him, it might take you a long time. If you're, are you okay with punting, pitching a little bit? You know, so uh, I think ten is. I, I think I'm torn because, like you said, I have him in a keeper league. So I'm like, ah, you know, mm-hmm. I, you want Strider. I want Strider. But I'm like, I just don't think I would take him at 10. I think I'm, I end up favoring hitting a little bit, and I would take a hitter. The thing is, if you're the first person to take the starting pitcher off the board, <laughs> this is it's, it's going to go quick. Yes. All, all of a sudden, they're going to be like, oh, shit, Strider just went. I got to make sure I get Garrett Cole or I got to make sure I get yeah. Corbin Burns because, yep. you know, if, if guys are going after pitching already, I don't want to be left with like Miles Michaelis as my first starting pitcher. Yeah. You know? yeah. No, Some, that, that's actually, that's a great point. And then people will be reaching a little bit because they're going to start to freak out and you don't want to be that guy also. So, you know, right. keep that in mind as well. Just because it's second round and a couple guys have pitchers doesn't mean you have to go after a pitcher. You know, just you, you take that for what it is. But you're 100% right. As soon as one, as soon as Strider goes, 
once that seal's broken, you know, pitchers are going to go. So if you, yeah. if you're in a league and someone takes Strider before 10, you know, Cole's going to go probably at 10 because of exactly what Will said. Now, the good thing is I feel like the really, really good starting pitchers that deserve to be like a number one on each team, there's mm-hmm. a lot of them, you know, yeah. there, there's a solid, at least like 12 or 13, maybe even a little more, you know, if, if you kind of like, Look yeah. at the analytics of things. Spencer Strider is definitely on the top for me. Yeah. I, I actually, I'm predicting Spencer Strider gets National League um, Cy Young this Cy Young. season. Yeah. I'm, I'm thinking everything is there, man. He just needs to put it all together like he did the season before. Yeah. Uh, he, he has velo. He has stuff. Uh, incredible K percentage. His walks are below league average. Uh, he led the league in wins, like you mentioned. He actually mm-hmm. led the league in wins by three. The the yeah, year that had uh, the most wins after him was only at 17 while he was at 20. He right. led the league in strikeouts, 99th percentile in whip, 99th percentile in batting average against. I don't understand why his ERA was so high. Like, I know he gave up a few more home runs yeah. than, than he should have, you know, especially in the first half. But still, it's like, all these things that he's 99th percentile or even 100 percentile in, and he still had that inflated ERA. I think that just kind of goes to show you like the atmosphere that's in baseball right now with yeah. these rule changes and everything that's going along with starting pitching. I will say this, um, like you said, I, I have him in the keeper league, so I, I did kind of notice. Um, I, I mean, I didn't write anything down, I kind of want to this time just to kind of keep track. I would say about half the time when he had blow up starts, some of them times he just did. You know, he's a young guy, and yeah. like you said, in this context, guys get to you. But some of the times he, it was, it wouldn't even be a blow up start. It would be he had a lead and he was almost just pumping fastballs just to, you know, he had a four, four run lead or something. And he's like, I, you know, I just, I'm just getting through these guys. I no need to to work too hard and then he would give up a couple runs like that which would i think would inflate his era but he would he would still get a win you know if they had a six to two lead and then he gave up one or two more runs he was still six to you know six to four or something so there were times like that where i'm like is this guy like just like you know taking his foot off the gas a little bit you know not trying to work the corners as much not trying to do whatever just because he's got a lead and he's just trying to you know get more outs faster but um no, no actual numbers for that other than I would notice that while while watching some of the games or keeping up with it. So I, so I don't know. I think it's actually something that you had mentioned before, that he's just like a two-pitch pitcher. Yeah, because once true. you get through the order around the second time, you know, when these guys have already seen both of your pitches in the first and, and the second at-bat that they've had, yeah. you know, they, they kind of get an idea, a general idea of, of what's going to come, your pitch sequence and all that. So when you only have two pitches, and like you said, he did introduce the, the change-up, which he yeah. did through last year also, but it was just a very small percentage, only 4% yeah. of the time. This season was only at 7 so hopefully he can gain a little bit more confidence in his changeup and, and make that his, you know, uh, like yeah. his tercer pitch, as right. they call it, um, you know, his, his third pitch in his arsenal, and throw it close to maybe like 15% of the time. Let's see right. that double. You know, I feel like that will really help throw the batters off, especially in this environment where you want more balls on the ground because it just seems like, you know, the, the fly balls just aren't working. So his fly ball percentage actually went up significantly. So in 2022, his fly ball percentage was at 25.9%. In 2023, it went up to 31.8%. Yeah. That, that's that's 7%, man. That's a that's lot. Big. Yeah. And, um, you know, be, because we've seen him do it in 2022, it's fixable. 
And yeah. I'm sure that they know the problem and I'm sure they're working on fixing it. So mm-hmm. at ADP 10, you know, like you said, it really depends on how your draft is. But I think I'm going Spencer Strider number 10. Yeah. You know, because of my prediction about his Cy Young, I think yeah. he's going to be the the league winner, you know, when it comes to starting pitching this season. Yeah, I could see that for sure. Maybe I'll sell him to you. <laughs> yeah, I would love that. <laughs> I actually have the number two in the Brave system, Max Freed. And yeah. I'm not, I don't know. I, I'm kind of debating if I want to keep him or not because I still have Luis Castillo and, um, and Gallon. I don't know, Gallon, Zach Gallon. There you go. Yeah. So it's between those three. And I know Max Freed, he kind of like, ah, we'll, we'll get to him later because uh, <laughs> he's on this list also. All right. Moving on to Garrett Cole. Cole. Now, Garrett Cole has been the top starting pitcher for a long time now, but it's it's so crazy because I I know that he just won the Cy Young. I didn't realize that this was this his, his first. first. That's crazy. Yeah, that's crazy for him to be the best in the league for the past, like, you know, four or five seasons. Yeah. If you would have asked me, I would have said that, that this would have been his third or fourth. But, yeah, when they heard first, I was like, what? I okay. think it's because he's been in the American League. For so yeah. long, you know, ever since he yeah. moved on from the Pirates and went to the Astros and then to the Yankees, you yeah. know, he, it's just the American League has some really solid pitching. You know, they, they've they had the DH for so long that they prioritize uh, prioritize starting pitching, yeah, pitching, you know, sometimes over even bats. And um, because there there is that other strong bat in the lineup that they've been facing. But I feel like now that the DH is universal, it's going to be more a little more balanced between yeah. every, no, every league, every team. Um, so Garrett Cole finally got his Cy Young award that I, I do worry about Garrett Cole a little bit. Um, he is a little bit older. Um, mm-hmm. what is he like 30? Yeah, he's right at that age where I think that the fall off could happen and you, it wouldn't be so mm-hmm. shocking. Yeah. yeah. He's going into his age 33 season. Yeah. Uh, something was different with Garrett Cole in 2023. His whiff percentage dropped 8%. His uh, strikeout percentage dropped six and a half percent from 32 to uh, down to 27, um, 76 percentile that where he's usually like in the 90s, you know, Mm -hmm. Uh, that's actually his lowest since 2017. And um, so his whiff percentage dropped from 33.9 percent in 2022 down to 26 percent in 2023. Chase rate uh, chase rate dropped significantly on his fastball, his slider and his curveball. Spin rate and velo are basically the same from previous seasons, so I don't really know what went wrong. It, it's, I mean, like like we just said, it, it could just be the state of pitching that we're in right now. And yeah, I, I think it's so weird that the year that he gives up the most hard contact in his whole career is the year that he won his Cy Young. Yeah. So his ERA was at a two sixty three, but his expected ERA was actually at a three forty eight. So right. it seems like. He was actually getting pretty lucky, and I don't know if you actually read this stat or not, but I actually read that Yankee Stadium was actually um, the best pitcher's ballpark in terms of home runs in 2023, which is very weird, right? Yeah, that is weird. Because, I mean, everyone knows about the short porch and right field and even even left field. Like, it's uh, it's just not that far. I think it's only like 318 feet. Yeah, the dimensions are, are definitely smaller, but yeah, I didn't, I didn't, I didn't hear that that stat. That's that's pretty crazy. I thought I did read that he had a, a slight velo dip and um, 
on like almost a full mile per hour on his on his fastball. On his fastball yeah. Yeah, and then and then that's why his hard hit contact. So he gave up way less home runs this year. So it kind of looked like he was doing he did something to give up less home runs in order to um obviously, you know, yeah, he, he gave up gave up less home runs and I and I think he took a little bit off of or something in his mechanics that he like lost a little bit on his fastball, but um yeah, I don't I don't know. I mean, that obviously got rid of some of his K percentage too because of and the whiff, you know, the whiff percentage because this the the velocity, but yeah, I don't, I think, I think Garrett Cole still has so much upside. Like you said, he just won his Cy Young. He's, he's a stud again, team context matters. And I think if everyone's healthy, that team's going to be good. Um, I think that he, you know, he shows all, he has all the intangibles. He could, I mean, he could come back and maybe tweak something again, go back in velocity, but give up more home runs, but still be a stud. Um, but like you said, entering that age, that age 33, I could see him fall off as well. And um, for the price that it is, I think uh, it's hard to say that like his, his trajectory line is going down when he just won his Cy Young, but it just feels different than Strider. And I think that's why, um, I don't know. I just, I wouldn't want to take him too high. Yeah. um, Like you mentioned, his fastball did dip a little bit about one mile an hour. Everything else looks pretty much the same. Thank even you. even like the usage uh, pretty much looks the same. I'm wondering if maybe because he noticed like a little dip in his uh, velocity, if he's trying more to pitch rather than just, you know, gas yeah. everyone. Yeah, yeah I can see that for sure. And getting older, you know, that, that might be the smart thing to do. We saw that happen with Zach Ranke. We saw that happen with Kershaw. You know, Kershaw used to throw a 94, 95-mile-an-hour fastball, even touching 96 sometimes, and now he's topping out at, like, 91. 91, yeah. But, but he is a stud still when he's healthy. Still so. did it, man. Still had yeah. an ERA under two. Still yeah. has good amount of strikeouts, but that 12-6 to six curve is Second to none, man. That yeah, is the best curveball in baseball. And he yeah. introduced that slider a few years yeah. ago, too. Unfortunately, Kershaw's not on our list of the top no. 12. Um, no. You know, it. I, I would like to blame it on because he's not going to be ready for baseball until about June or July. Yeah. But I think it's a little bit more than that, you yeah. know, unfortunately. He's on the top 12 injured, but high upside <laughs> at the end of the season list. Right. right. Yeah. Um, yeah, I mean, ho- hopefully we'll be able to see him uh, pitch in the playoffs, but I would actually prefer him to see uh, to see him come out of the bullpen, not to start a game. Yeah, or piggyback. I could see him or him being piggyback. Maybe start in like you know four innings or something, and then have someone come in after him and, and yeah. uh, shut it down or, or yeah. keep it going. But hopefully but I, he can get his ring, you know, and, and it will yeah. actually be a legit ring because yeah, there's no there's question. a big debate about if, if 2020 is actually legit or not. Um, I don't know your opinion, but honestly, like I the, the Dodgers won. It's in the record books, you know, but so did the 2017 Astros. It's in the record books, you yeah. know, and both of those have asterisks next to them because the Astros cheated and the Dodgers won in 60 games. So I, I don't really consider it like that, like, monumental win that finally yeah. like happened you know like i'm still yeah. waiting for that and they yeah. got the, the team to do it now after spending a billion dollars crazy amount but uh all right that was garrett cole now moving on to corbin, corbin burns. burns now i remember last year we both were very skeptical about mid-season about corbin burns picking it up he did he ended up you know doing doing his thing in the second half um 
think he's pretty he you know he's pretty good and and I'll let Will get into the numbers but I will say real quick him going to Baltimore man whew, I such like a good it. trade uh, such a good trade I don't know who owns Corbin Burns in our keeper league but dude that's but if they don't if they don't keep him then they're making a mistake. I don't care oh, what yeah. the price is. I feel like you have to. He's he's going to go for $50 at least in yeah. our, our our salary budget. Yeah. All right, so Corbin Burns, that trade is just incredible for his fantasy value. He is going from one of the most hitter-friendly ballparks in Milwaukee to one of the most pitcher-friendly ballparks in um Burns, yeah. in Camden Yards in Baltimore. And I dude, Baltimore is only like maybe a four hour drive from me. Oh, nice. I think I'm going to check out um, Corbin Burns this season. You know, oh, that'd be cool. That'd I, be cool. I, I'm, I got to check and see if the Dodgers are going to be there. I'd rather go, you know, when the Dodgers are playing against okay. the Orioles in the interleague game, but who cares? Like I, yeah. I still just want to watch him pitch, you know, sure. uh, okay. the prices are definitely going to go up though. Prices everywhere kind of went up. I saw opening day for Dodgers tickets were starting at $250. It's insane, dude. Ridiculous. Stupid. All right. So Corbin Burns. Strikeouts were down 5% from 2022 and uh, down 10% from 2021. So it did look like he was on a little bit of a decline. Yeah. You know, like you said, we were talking about a midseason last year. Walks were up two for two percent from 2022 and 3% from 2021. His first half numbers looked very Black. I don't want to say terrible, but it's yeah. like a guy that I I would want as maybe like my bench guy or like my fifth yeah. starter. 394 ERA with a 23.1% K rate. But in the second half, Corbin Burns turned it on. 271 ERA with a 28.5% K rate. Something right. happened. Yeah, you something know? clicked for sure. Something clicked for sure. Uh, batting average against actually looked really good, but it just seems like Burns is the type of pitcher that he needs strikeouts to be elite. Yeah. You know? And when the strikeouts increased towards the end of the season, that's when we saw his ERA drop also. Some guys yeah. don't need a lot of strikeouts to, mm -hmm. to, to be considered elite. Guys like Dallas Keuchel back in the day, yeah. extreme ground ball pitcher, you know, that relies right. on the infield. But Corbin Burns, I, I don't think that he's that type of pitcher. I think that he needs to kind of be like the, the flamethrower, the guy that just like yeah. – that just strikes, you know, 10 to 12 guys out every single game he's out there. Even with uh, the poor first half numbers, he ended with like 200 strikeouts. So, I mean, you could, if you wanted to project him to have more than that, I would totally back you, you know, because oh, yeah. if, you know, if even if he has just a slight uptick in his first half numbers, his numbers are going to gonna be more than that. He had 10 wins last year, which obviously is, yeah, whatever. But again, that's on, that's in Milwaukee with that team. He's going to go to, to Baltimore. You, I'm, I mean, 15 at least. I, I, I don't know, but it's going to be better. That's for sure. Yeah. Um, Obviously, you're just you're hoping that he's not going to start off slow, and even if he does, he's not going to start off slow for quite as long. But um, everything else, like again, if he if he can keep it going, I, and honestly, people were talking about how he was unhappy in Milwaukee, you mm -hmm. know that, and I think that could have been something about it too. And then he's you know going the second half, like all right, well, I got to do my thing still if I want to go somewhere else or whatever. I'm I'm here, you know they didn't trade me, and so now that he is traded and he's on a team that's going to get more wins. I mean, he might just be more motivated to just from from the jump, just being a stud. Um, this is a guy he's got probably going to go in round two. Um, that 
I would love to get a top end hitter in the in round one and then come around and get Burns in round two. Um, yeah, once you see Garrett Cole come off the board, you yeah, got to be the right. next one to snatch Your eyes up. Get wide and go yeah, right. exactly. Burns, Burns, Burns. Yeah, absolutely. yeah. That's that's why it's very important to keep your eye on the draft and see who everyone else is taking. Absolutely. Also, you know, yeah. don't don't walk away just because it's your it's not your turn anymore. You yeah, know, you, you need to be. You got to pay attention. You know, this isn't fantasy football. Don't take football. too many drinks. <laughs> Dude, honestly, like I'm a big believer that in fantasy football, you could auto draft and you could have the best team out there. You can't do that in baseball, man. You can't. You can't yeah. do that in fantasy baseball. You have to pay attention. There, it's a really long season. You're not. You're not sticking with these guys for 17 games. You yeah. know, or or yeah. 16, depending on you how you want to waste a high, top, high pick. Yeah, you don't want to waste a high pick on on a guy that you're gonna end up wanting to just drop because you, or try to trade away and no one wants him or something, uh, and then you can't drop because of you know. You spent too high of a draft pick. You 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 gotta you, you gotta pay attention. It's it's gotta matter. Every pick matters. Um, we're not gonna get into obviously like the draft strategies, like actually how to draft. But yes, if you're in the corners, guys, and someone after you, for you know, took a pitcher, then they might not take another pitcher. So you know, keep that you know little things like that. Keep that in mind with your draft. That's why you don't walk away, uh, because you're right things like that. Now, usually with these rankings that I've been doing for the past few weeks. I like to put each player in certain tiers, but yeah. I feel like starting pitching, there's just way too many starting pitchers to yeah. create like that many tiers. So, but if I were to yeah. create a tier for starting pitching, I feel like I would have Strider and Garrett Cole in their tier for together me, yeah. and Corbin Burns kind of starting off the, the, the second tier. Yeah, I think I would almost... I think the second tier would still be pretty small for me and then mm -hmm. it would drop off again. But yes, I think Burns might be in tier two. Yeah, if I were to do a tier two, I'd probably do Corbin Burns, Zach Wheeler, uh, Kevin Gosman. And I, I'd be like kind of like iffy about Luis Castillo and Zach Gallen. I would I would almost do just uh Wheeler Burns and Wheeler and then almost call the next tier like to be or something like it's so close but like <laughs> right. I still or you know just call it three and then the drop off after three would be i think way bigger is what i what i would say but if you want to put those the next whatever we said five guys and then in one tier or break them up i'm okay with that too but yes i think uh wheeler gosman castillo gallon uh are probably right there as i think i think right. the the thing with castillo uh, you know, we'll, we'll go over it a, a lot more later, but I think it's just the team context, you know, whereas yeah. now that Corbin Burns is on a winning team, you know, they won over 100 games last season, and Zach Wheeler, he's on the Phillies, who's probably going to come close team, to yeah. 100 wins, between 90 and 100 wins probably. Right. Uh, Kevin Gosman, Toronto, it's just that they are in a very tough division, but I feel like they have the tools to to yeah. get the hundred wins. I feel like they under under uh, performed last year, so I can see yeah. coming back up. Yeah, yeah. I we just need Vlad and and Bichette to really just turn it on, and yeah. and Vlad needs to be worth that money that they're paying him. Man, that was a huge arbitration contract, and sure. he he needs to show that he deserves it. You know, yeah. playing in Toronto is not the easiest, though. It it is cold in Canada. It's true. All right, moving on to number four would be Zach Wheeler. Now, ADP has Shohei Otani actually as a number two 
starting pitcher coming off the board. But that doesn't make any sense, which is why we skipped him, just in yeah. case there's some people out there that did see that in ADP. But right. no, he's not going to pitch at all this season, and I'm definitely not having him as number two next no. season because he's going to be on a pitch limit. You know, we're, yeah. we're probably we'll get lucky to see 120 innings from Shohei Otani next season, yeah. but the season after that. You know, 2020 game on, you know, 100%. All right, moving on to Zach Wheeler. Yeah, Zach Wheeler. ERA was a little high, um, you know, but almost all his metrics were identical from 2022 when his ERA was 282. So I think it's possible that he maybe had just gotten a little bit unlucky. Maybe it was was the shift ban. Maybe, you know, the the other rule changes. It, It could have been a lot of different things. But his expected ERA this season at the end was a 318, a lot closer to his uh, regular ERA from yeah. or his actual ERA from 2022. So I think his inflated ERA of 361. I think that's a little bit misleading. Um, I I think this season we're actually going to see a little bit better performance from Zach Wheeler. I think so too. And I also, um, you know, I think that he is the kind of guy, um, like you were saying, with all the rule changes. There, you know, obviously some people got hurt by it and and whatnot. Uh, the top end guys adjusted to it, and I feel like he seems like a guy that maybe didn't fully adjust to it and already is still a top one of the top end guys. So I could see him, you know, making those extra little tweaks that he needs to and being even better. You know, I, he's the kind of put it to this way. I really like Zach Wheeler. I think that he's, he's a guy, he's a pitcher that I also, and maybe that's why I was a little hesitant on Strider is because these, these next couple guys, um, you know, even with Burns, like I was saying in round two and, and, and Wheeler at the end of round two, maybe round three, like I would, I would be okay with them as my first starting pitcher. Um, you know, I don't think Wheeler's gonna win Cy Young, but you know, you can still make up with the rest of the of the um, with the rest of your draft to win your fantasy league. But I I do like Wheeler. I like that he scrapped his changeup last year and added the sweeper, and then then that ended up being his like his highest whiff. Uh, yeah. Pitch on his highest whiff percentage, or yeah, yeah, with the highest whiff percentage, and um, I mean. I, I feel like that's like the, you know, that's the first year he did that. I feel like it's, he's going to just kind of lean into that even more. And I could see his strikeouts going up from 212, which was solid. Um, and then just like, you know, perfecting his craft a little bit. And, and like you said, I think the X, the XERA, uh, he comes back to that a little bit. And Zach Wheeler, we're talking about being, you know, I mean, he's already four. So what are we, what are, what more, how high, how much higher can he get? Um, yeah. But, but that's what you want, you know, when you, you want, I feel like he almost seems a little bit safe. Like, if you, you know, where, where's with Cole, you're like, is he going to fall off um, with Burns? You know, hopefully he doesn't, you know, start off slow again. I feel like with Wheeler, you're, you know what you're going to get. You can plug him in and you're like, I got a guy who's going to get me ace quality numbers throughout the year. We're good to go. And that's why I think I like him. I I completely agree with everything you just said. I actually have everything that you just said in my notes as well. (laughs) Uh, One thing that I do want to add, though, is he used his cutter a lot less in 2023. I'm assuming because opponents had a 270 batting average against while it was only at a 204 in 2022. But just to kind of like go over what you said, Wheeler is 33 years old, and now he decides it's a good time to introduce a sweeper. You know, something that he's yeah. never thrown before, which, like you said, it was his most dominant pitch in 2023, a batting average yeah. against of 204, a 39.2% whiff rate. Like, that's that's incredible on a sure. guy that introduces a new pitch, right. you know? 33 years old, learning new pitches. That just right. that was just wild I, to me, man. I feel like it's just, that's just intelligent uh, baseball, you know? Like, that's real pitching, you know? It's right. not like these guys that just come out here and try to throw 106 miles an hour, a world just Chapman. 
you know, right. and th- this not is a guy using, that not has... just relying on their talent, but relying on, you know, their smarts and, and finding, finding the way around the loopholes, you know, like we, like we talked about before with like the Kershaws and stuff, like you, you know, use what you got to get better. And I feel like he did that. Like you said, 33 introducing a new pitch and having it be so dominant is, uh, it's awesome. Yeah. A starting pitcher that has five solid pitches in his arsenal like that that's amazing i i i kind of wish i i think that in the future if spencer strider really wants to stay number one consistently he's he's gonna gonna need to develop another pitch you know more than just that fastball on the slider yeah for sure all right next on our list we have kevin gosman coming in at number five adp 28 uh, elite strikeout rate, highest of his career at 31.1%. It, amazing, you know, except for the 2020 shortened season. His his yeah. K rate was a little bit above that. But, you know, like I just said, like I don't really count 2020 uh, stats. Yeah. Yeah. It's, a, it's a little misleading because there's, like we just saw with Corbin Burns, the first half of the season, yeah, second half of the season, Cy Young caliber, you yeah. know. So, the the 2020 season, sorry Carlos, I know that you're like big about no, it totally counts, it totally counts, but I'm sorry, man, I just I don't see <laughs> it, I don't see it that way, unfortunately, you know, but yeah, uh, to each their own, right? That's that's right. Uh, so Kevin Gosman, the dude is a freaking machine, man. At least yeah. 31 starts in his last three seasons, you know, getting close to 200 innings every single season. Uh, he does give up a lot of solid hits, which is why I think his ERA uh, isn't really like going under two anymore. Because there was a, a time where his ERA was was pretty low every single season. Yeah. Um, but he doesn't play in the best pitcher's ballpark anymore, you know. So all that hard contact tends to bite him in the ass sometimes. Yeah. yeah he's got a one point one eight WHIP, and but I mean his K, his strikeouts too. I mean. 237 did i i was like at first i was like did i write that down right (laughs) yeah 237 in only 185 innings yeah crazy i think yeah 11.5 k per nine or something like that that number compared to everyone else's i mean other than like again the top end guys are strider from yeah from strider basically but everyone else i mean it's just like this the, the guy like you said the guy's a machine i think that was a perfect way to say it that's he he's he's legit and again like we're saying i think you know the pitching the park itself isn't um the best but i think we're all kind of expecting the blue jays to to step it up a little bit and i mean or at least hoping and i you know i think that that'll help him a little bit too so um yeah i i, I like gosman i i do feel I like, like he's, he's a little less uh, i don't know safe i guess i mean he's a like if we're if we're going to compare to to categories league um i mean he's going to help ultra strikeouts we know that you know so mm-hmm. Um, an ERA might, yeah. but you gotta, you gotta balance it out. So that that's the thing with Gosman. It's like, it, it's give and take, right? You're going to yeah. get all those strikeouts. And honestly, for me, I think it's enough for me to grab him at ADP 28. Yeah. You know, it's, it's so, if I don't have a starting pitcher yet, I think I'm totally going after Kevin Gosman because I don't yeah. want to be, you know, left with, left without one of the, with, um, with a number two as my number one, you know, yeah. I, I feel like every winning team in fantasy has to have that one legit ace, yeah. you know? And, you know, now we're already on number five and, you know, there, there, there's only a few more that I would be, feel comfortable with as my number one. Yeah. Um, two more, actually. The other ones, I feel like they're all like kind of like number twos. Um, 
But yeah, he he finished 29th overall in points leagues and 33rd overall in categories leagues. That's um, in points, that's eighth in starting pitching and fourth in starting pitching in categories. So yeah. uh, all those strikeouts, they they definitely help, man. And um, I I think the strikeouts kind of like outweigh the the bad stuff. He he yeah. did give up a lot of walks too. The the 55 walks in 185 innings. Um, yeah. I'm looking for guys to have less than 50 walks, you know, and less than 50 from 55 is not really that much of a difference, but it's right there on the cusp. Yeah. Yeah. But less, less than 50 is usually like my go-to, especially for my first starting pitcher that I draw. All right. That was Kevin Gosman moving on to our next player, Luis Castillo. I love Luis Castillo, man. I've yeah, loved him ever, ever since he was on the Reds. Reds you yeah. know? I'm a little and, salty that you that you have him and you're gonna keep him. Yeah. Um, but I mean he's he's a stud. I think that you know, we all, you know, a couple years ago everyone would think of him as the ground ball pitcher, the sinker ball mm-hmm. pitcher. Um and he switched it up uh, uh you know, and, and I think that, you know, again, like you kind of reference in, in a different spot, a little a little give and take with uh with you know, with that, you know, he obviously is giving up less ground ball percentage, but he's got way more strikeouts. And that is pretty uh, – I mean, again, it's it's important. I think the ground ball for, – for fantasy, you want the strikeouts. And, yeah, he's probably given up a little bit more ERA. I'd have to – I didn't, like, cross-reference that on what it was back when he was, um, you know, the sinker ball, ground ball pitcher. But, um, I mean, the strikeouts, that, that definitely helps out with, with wanting – with him coming up all the way up, up you know, to, to where we have him around five or six, whatever it is. Um, his ERA this last season was what 3.34, yeah, 3.34, but 197 innings. So, you know, the guy's durable 219 Ks, 14 wins. I mean, and and I could see the Mariners being be- better than they were last year, too. Um, yeah, I don't know. I think, yeah, Javi and I were actually just talking about this that the that the Mariners, I feel like they have a, a lot of good pieces. Yeah. They're just missing like that veteran presence. Oh, you know, yeah. they, they've had that in the past before, but it's like with starting pitching, I think they're okay because they do have Luis Castillo. Yeah. He's probably going to be there to be able to, like, you know, kind of give guidance to the young guys like George Kirby. Yeah. Um, but Gilbert, batting wise, yeah. like hitting wise, I, I don't really see anyone in the clubhouse as like that, like legit leader, you Dude, know, they needed Turner. Yes, that is, that's exactly what I said, man. Yeah, they need, no, they or, or now go go after Matt Chapman. You know, he's another veteran right there yeah. that would be solid to have didn't as they, as you know someone pay, to. Um, Suarez, is, I think that might be why they're kind of. Well, like, but Suarez isn't even there anymore. He's in um, Arizona really? now. Oh well, then yeah, dude. What what are they doing? They I don't know. Right <laughs> that's what I'm saying, man. Dude. Like, go after Matt Chapman. He's dude. His defense is crazy good yeah and he's a big power hitter and i'm sure yeah. just like his baseball knowledge would be impeccable just to be in that clubhouse for you know for the, the guys like julio guy. rodriguez that could definitely use like some veteran some guidance veteran, yeah yeah sure. you know yeah. no i i totally agree with you i think that you know a, vet, a veteran guy like that i mean jt i feel like would have been so perfect yeah i i but totally agree, man. I, just I, just to be in the clubhouse, yeah. and they're actually talking about Justin Turner possibly uh, becoming a, a manager in the next few years after he retires. And they yeah. asked him about it, and he was like, "All I know is I want to be in baseball for a long time." Yeah, he's so, gonna be a manager, dude. I sure. think so. 
for sure. Once Dave Roberts is done, maybe. I would love that. I would love that too. I, you know, that. I don't know if you know this, but he's actually my favorite baseball player of all time. Really? That's awesome. Yeah. Dude, yeah. the just the the playoffs, you know, watching yeah. Justin Turner every year, like it was incredible, man. I, I got some signed stuff. I got um oh, like awesome. a like a, a big bobblehead, and like not the one that you get from like you know the stadium, but like yeah, this yeah. one was was pretty legit, like on um I forgot what the website is called, but yeah, man, I, I, I got I got lots of cool stuff. I love JT too. Yeah. All right. So uh Luis Castillo. Castillo, yeah. Um like you said, he changed his pitch mix, you know, since moving to Seattle. It, it does make a lot of sense. He was pretty uh, change-up and sinker-heavy in Cincinnati, seeing as how Great American Ballpark is the yeah. most home-run-friendly ballpark in baseball, you know. But after moving to Seattle, uh, Castillo didn't really have to use his change-up too much. It dropped from 30% in 2021 down to 15.6% in 2023. And his sinker usage dropped also 23.6% in 2021 down to 17.9% in 2023. Uh, what increased is his 97-mile-an-hour fastball going up from 28.5% to 44.4%. That is his most dominant pitch now. Yeah. And it, it, I'm sorry, it's his it's his primary pitch, and it's his most dominant pitch now. He has one of the best fastballs in the game. And the reason why he didn't use that too much in Cincinnati is because if someone gets some solid contact in it, it's gone, you know, yeah. and that would have been a lot of home runs. But uh, the, the pitch mix, w- what this did was increase his whiff percentage and chase percentage, uh, decrease his ground ball percentage. So you're not going to see, you know, those – the the type of pitcher that he used to be where it was a lot yeah. of plays, you know, a lot of guys getting on base, but I'm loving all these strikeouts that we're seeing 219 strikeouts and 197 innings. You know, that's, that's, it's pretty good. It's not, you know, anywhere yeah. near like Strider or whatever, but at this ADP at number 30, I think that's pretty solid, man. I, yeah. I think that uh, he's, you know, going into his age 31 season, still in his prime, I think that we can get something similar to what we saw last year, maybe even a little bit better. Yeah. Yeah, definitely. I, I think so too. And uh, I think he, he seems like one of the safer guys that we're, you know, if we're going to categorize these guys as more risky or more safe, um, you know, whatever he, I feel like he's the guy that you can rely on. And I, and I, those are the kind of guys I end up liking to get, uh, especially if you're in a like deeper league, anything over like 12 or over, I kind of like to go a little bit. If you're in a ten-person league, you can you can get a little bit more risky. There's a little bit more room for for error. But if you're you know 14 or or something, these are the kind of guys that I think you want to go after because yeah. very you, safe, very safe. Yeah. All right, number seven on our list, Zach Gallen, uh, ADP 32. Dude, Zach Gallen is so good, man. Uh, he gave up a lot of hard contact in 2023. Yeah, but he he led his team to the world series you know he's one of the reasons why they went to the world series um i I don't know if you noticed this it it it, you definitely did your research on some other pitchers but um (laughs) the pitches that seemed to give him the most problems were also the the pitches that were the most effective for him so i i think it was just kind of like command uh command problems that could have been the issue for him uh, so that was the cutter and the curveball. The cutter had a 590, uh, 595 slug against curveball had a 344 slug against. And, um, 
in terms of whiff percentage, the the cutter was at twenty three. Sorry, twenty point three percent. That's up from fifteen point seven back in twenty twenty two, and the curveball whiff percentage was forty point six. That's up from thirty three point seven in twenty twenty two. Right. And the one of the things I noticed also about his curveball in twenty twenty two, it had sixteen point three inches of total movement. Now moving into 2023, it was only at 13.8 inches of total movement. So he lost about two and a half inches uh, of movement on his curveball, which that could be the reason, you know, why it was getting hit so hard. But it could also be the reason why there were so many whiffs on the curveball also. You know, it it didn't really seem to hurt his bat missing ability, uh, but the hard contact, you know, some guys are just better at hitting curveballs than others. Right. So some of the stuff that I ended up looking at, um, it's hard for me to say that I, okay, I don't want to sound like a hater. I am not as big on Gallon, and it's and it's hard for me to uh, to you know be be a hater, if you will, because of exactly what you said. Look at what he just did. He was the you know the, the the freaking linchpin to get his team to the World Series. Like he was probably you know especially on the pitching side, of course. But like you know, I feel like he was the veteran presence to get help them get there. So I don't want to take anything away from gallon. I did see, and I was, uh, got this from Arizona people. So, you know, they're, you know, you can be a little bit more critical about your own players also biased, but, um, so his, his fastball, uh, velo is at about 93.6. So it's, you know, it's not that it's not very fast and he throws this fastball a lot. So it's, it's, his fastball is very hittable. He's got, um, He's, you know, the 40.6% whiff rate on the curve, like you were saying. So basically, and a 31 on his changeup. So those are, those are, his off-speed pitches are his, are, I feel like are his money pitches. And I think his, his fastball obviously is a bit of a setup pitch is where I think he can get himself into some trouble. Um, he had a five mile per hour increase on his exit velocity on his fastball. Uh, I can't remember the exact percentage of what it was, but it was, you know, five miles, you know, more. I think it was like, 87 last year to like in the 90s and so like that that makes a a big difference yeah and so because it's it's slower um you know 93 if i feel like if it would have been a little if it's a little bit faster then it might be a little bit different to to do that but i think his fastball is what gets him into a little bit of trouble um and i think that that's why he's hittable but again i think you know he's he's a he seems like he's a good He's a, he's a good pitcher, and if he can make those adjustments, um, and maybe not necessarily on the velocity, but maybe relying more on the off-speed pitches um, to almost set up a, you know, a fastball, if you will, to kind of, you know, almost like reverse reverse do it to kind of uh, get the – because I, I think a lot of the batters are probably just – they're just sitting on fastball with, with some of those numbers, and that's where he's getting hit hard. But, uh, you know, that, that's just some of the stuff that I saw. But with that being said, I do still like Gallon. I just don't. I, I don't know if I um, am as sold on him. Again, if we're categorizing him safe and, and risky, if you will, I feel like he's a little bit more risky because I could see, um, you know, him kind of regressing a little bit back to to what, you know, he could be. But, and I, again, I don't want to sound like I don't like Gallon. I will draft him. <laughs> I'm not avoiding him. I just I, – I might just not have him as high. So um, one thing I did notice also is that his walk percentage has gone down a lot. Uh, he's under 6%, yeah. you know, yeah. and that means that he's throwing a lot more of his pitches inside the zone. 
yeah. you know, which is getting a lot more context. So right. that could be one of the issues as well. Maybe sure. like the, the curveball, you know, that used to, because it doesn't have that drop that it used to, yeah. you know, maybe instead of being three inches under the zone, maybe it's actually right there in the zone and yeah. some guys are just teeing off on it yeah. or, yeah. or, you know, it, it could be a, a whole number of things, but I did see an interview with Zach Gallen on uh, MLB Network a few days ago, and he did say that he's working on his pitch mix, and um, I think he's going to come back stronger next season. Yeah, I, I mean, totally they, they all say that, you know, yeah, they, yeah. They, they they all say they've been working on different pitches, or, or, yeah. whatever. But um, I don't know. I, I believe in Zach Gallen. I believe that he actually. I don't think that he's good enough to maybe crack like the top five. Um, but right. I think he's good where he's at, at number seven. Yeah, I could, I could totally, I think, yeah, I, I don't see him. I guess that's where, where I'm going. I don't necessarily see him making too big of jumps up, but I could see him, even if he stays stagnant, maybe other people making jumps above him type of thing. So then he would still just, yeah. that's, and that's where I'm at with, with Gallon. Like I said, that I is don't, possible. there's, there's a lot of other guys that have higher upside. Than right. That's, that's where I'm going with it. Yeah, exactly. But I still do think he's one of those safe guys that you were going to like kind of talk okay. about. Yeah. Yeah. All right. Moving on to number eight, we got Pablo Lopez. Pablo Lopez just had his breakout season, man. He just had the best season of his career. Career highs in, in K percentage, career highs in whiff percentage, chase percentage, innings pitched, wins, career low walks, uh, career low barrel percentage. He's throwing his fastball harder than ever. He, he looks like he's in a good spot to have an even bigger breakout in 2024, yep. his second year in Minnesota. So here's the perfect guy that I, that I would say that, like we were saying, if Pablo Lopez does it again and even takes another step forward, we could be talking about him in the top four, top five, top three maybe. I don't know. The guy is a stud. If he didn't have the injury um, history before last season, like would, would he be – would he be right here at eight? I don't know. I I mean, maybe still because the other guys have really good numbers too, but like, I don't know. I think that, you know, Pablo Lopez, everything, you look at every all of his numbers, everything you just said, I mean, I'm not, I don't need to repeat everything, but like he, he just, he looks great. And if he, if he didn't have the injury stuff from, from before, I feel like I, I would be way more um, willing to take, to take him higher. And I think Minnesota is going to be, I mean, they're in a bad division, so like, let's, let's start there. You know, <laughs> right. so you're already you're already counting a couple extra wins just because of that. But I do think that they have you know the ability to to turn it on and be and be pretty good. So, yeah, I agree. So that that was a lot of good stuff we said about Pablo Lopez, but I got to right. say something negative about yeah. everyone. Yeah. So this guy struggled a little bit early on. He had a 3.89 ERA in the first half uh, versus a 3.36 ERA in the second half. You know, that's really the only thing that I got to say about him. And and I do have kind of like a, a reason in my head why I'm thinking this actually happened. It, he's been in Miami his whole career, man, mm -hmm. where the weather is warm all year round. Yeah. Now he goes to Minnesota and he's playing all baseball when it's, you know, 40 degrees outside, 45 degrees, 50 degrees. You see guys wearing like the gaiters and, you know, yeah. covering their faces. It's, it's freaking cold. And I, I don't think that he was ready for that. You know, yeah. and I think that that really messed him up. But I think now that he knows, you know, what happened last season, he's going to be going into 2024 a lot more prepared. So yeah. I think we're going to see something closer to like maybe like a three five ERA in the first half. Yeah. 
Yeah, no, that's a great point. The, the, you know, they always talk about when the season starts and when it ends, where it gets cold, it gets really cold. Mm-hmm. And, uh, you know, Minnesota is definitely one of those. So yeah. I, I can totally see that affecting him. That, that totally makes sense for sure. Baseball's a summer sport, you know, yeah. and a lot of guys, they thrive in the heat, you know, not 120 degree heat, but, you know, 80s, 90s is usually like where a lot of baseball players kind of like, you know, really get into their rhythm. We talked about a little bit on the catcher preview about um, Sean Murphy, you know, yeah. going from from Oakland that's warm year round and then going over to Atlanta in the in the first half. He um, he actually did really good because, you know, in Atlanta, the, the first half of the season, it's not too bad. It's 60s, right. 70s. It's kind of close to like what he was um, playing in Oakland. But then when the summer hits, you know, it's the opposite for him where he the, the humidity, man, it just got to him. And he just it, it, it was he wasn't prepared for that. He wasn't yeah. hydrating, you know, and, and now going into 2024, now that these guys know kind of like what to expect, I think we're going to see better seasons from both of those guys. Totally. Totally can see that. All right. Now, the guy that we don't know basically anything about because StatCast isn't a thing in the KBO or in the yeah. the, the Jap- Japanese league or any of that is Yoshinobu Yamamoto. And coming in at number nine, his ADP is currently 39. There's a lot of good things that we could say about Yamamoto, but we don't know what he's going to look like in Major League Baseball. You know, it was the same with Otani. It was the same with Kenta Maeda. You can go back and you can look at Hideo Nomo. You know, there's a lot of of players that were amazing in the Japanese League and the KBO, and they come over and – either they're still amazing or it just didn't work out for them. Right. You could totally see it going either way. Everything that they say about this guy shows that it shouldn't go um, in a negative way. I mean, they're saying that he was, I mean, awesome. Didn't he? I think he won essentially like the MVP and the Cy Young. Um, what, Three years what, in a row. Yeah. Whatever those awards were. So, I mean, he, he's got all the accolades for it for over there. Um, you know, he, he seems to be everything that you're asking for. Um, but again, it's, it's a different ball. It's a different, um, mm-hmm. you know, it's, it's a different beast. You know, a lot of the times they, they pitch on in a different, different day's rest. Um, so right. there's, there's a lot of factors to go into it. Um, I, you know, just for that reason alone, there's obviously a risk with him. So that's what kind of makes it hard with drafting him. So like, in that in that range in in the sense because you just don't know what if if he does turn into a bust and you're kicking yourself and you know for not taking someone else with who's maybe a little bit safer but if he turns into the stud that everyone says that he might be then you're gonna be like wow uh, you know that was a huge pick so i mean all the only thing i i can say like numbers wise are just expected numbers you know they expect 184 ish innings a 9.78 k per nine um, you know, 12 fish, they say 12 wins. I think more with, uh, being on the Dodgers. Yeah, though. I'd say 15 probably. Yeah. That's yeah, I was thinking that too, a 2.5 walk per nine. So like, you know, I think that if he hits anything close to his expected numbers, then you'll, you'll be happy. But again, there's, there's the risk. Like we've, like we obviously like already pointed out, um, we, you know, with, with that big change, that big move. So, um, the more leagues I'm in, Hundred percent, I'm gonna get him. You know, if I'm in a couple, I, I don't know. I might, I might pass. That's what makes it fun with the auction league, guys. 
I wonder how much he's going to go for. That's what I was just thinking. Like, I wonder how much he's going to go for in our league. Salary cap league, go get your guys. But, you know, if you're in a salary cap league with a bunch of Dodger fans, um, he's probably going to go for more than you want to spend. Yeah. Um, that's what I'm I'm assuming. I can't, you know, I, I don't know. I don't have a number in my head for how much I want to spend on him. But um, I probably won't end up buying him. I think, I, I think I'm going to cap it at, like, maybe 20. I think yeah. that's the highest that I would want to spend on a guy that – doesn't have any MLB experience. And, yeah. you know, just like I said earlier, like there's no stat cast data for Yamamoto yet. But honestly, if the best front office in baseball is trusting Yamamoto to be their ace, yeah, I feel like I got to trust him too. You know, and, and I was looking at the pro uh, prospect report on fan graphs. They gave Yamamoto a 60-grade fastball, a 55-grade slider, a 60-grade curveball, a 70-grade splitter, a 50-grade yeah. cutter, and an 80-grade uh, 80 command. So all those numbers are elite, man. Yep. Yeah, yep. those are legit. Um, I, we don't know how he's going to fare against MLB players, but at this ADP, I think I'm willing to take the chance. You know, 39. That right. That's uh, like you know in the middle of, what, the third round? He, he also round? passed the eye test in the WBC, which – you know, I, I feel like, yeah. but I think that's, that's kind of big too. I will say maybe because I'm a Dodger fan that I'm almost like, I don't want to get, I don't want to get my hopes too high. I feel like if he was maybe going somewhere else, I'd be like, I think we're good to get him. You know what I mean? Like, I just don't want to be like, yes, Yamamoto, we're good. We're good. And then he turns into a bus and be like, okay, got to hide my face. Cause I he, spent a lot of money on him, but he could be yeah. either be a bust or he could be a top five starting pitcher going into right. the next season. So. And I, I don't know. It's it's depending on you. Like, yeah, this, if you this, think that you're that that the risk is worth the reward, go for him, man. Right. All right. Moving on to number 10, we have George Kirby at ADP 41, just uh, two spots behind Yamamoto. Uh, doesn't get a lot of strikeouts, uh, less than one per uh, one per inning, but he does limit the the amount of walks. He ha only had 19 walks in 190 innings pitch. That is that's a hundred percentile. That is the best walk percentage in all of uh, baseball for starting pitching, man. Yeah. So Kirby is um, is interesting. He absolutely hates to walk people. So with that being said. I think he's going to continue that trend, which kind of sucks because I think the rest of his actual stuff, if he were to be able to be, because if you look at his stuff, he, he's basically just pumping stuff in the zone. So that's why, you know, he's not getting those strikeouts. If he were to decide to kind of work a little bit outside the zone and get these guys to chase a little bit, I think his strikeouts would go up a lot more. Obviously his walks would go up a lot more too, but I think exactly what Will said, it's hundred percentile. This guy's got too much pride. He doesn't want to walk anyone. He doesn't want to lose that. Like, wow, this guy doesn't walk anyone thing. Um, so I think that's where he, it's, it's kind of like, it's holding me back a little bit from him. But if he came in and was like, I think I'm going to be okay with, you know, walking more people and I'm going to, you know, work the, the outside a little bit more or whatever, even with him just like verbally saying that, I feel like I would be a little bit more excited about him. But if he, if he does something like that, this is the kind of guy that I think has high upside because his actual stuff is, is pretty legit. He's just not, you know, willing to give up too many balls and, and walk these guys. And again, he's, you know, he plays on the same team as, as, um, you know, Castillo. So, you know, those wins are going to come. I think he, I don't know if I wrote it down. He had, I think he had a good amount of wins. 
I might have not wrote, written, uh, wrote that down, but 13. 13 and 10. Yeah, I mean, 13 wins, not not bad, you know. So, But it's that 172 strikeouts, um, 8.12K per nine, which is, I think, the lowest of all the guys we've talked about so far, yeah. um, by far. So, But a 0.9 walk per nine, which is, like you said, it's it's insane. So, See, and, and in, in points leagues, like in our league, yeah. the, the starting pitching walks is only a negative half a point, I think. Right. Um, something like that. So, it's not that, yeah, you know, it's not he's that. he's not really going to be like the top of the guy that yeah. is going to be on the top of our drafts. You know, right. he's he's a guy that's going to going to go later on because the strikeouts aren't there. 13 yeah. wins is pretty good, you know, so he's still going to be like middle valuable. of the bunch. Yeah, but, it's still very valuable. But but I yeah, like you said, he's, you know, the, the strike you're. Yeah. Yeah, I don't know. I think I, I, I'm. I keep going back and forth on Kirby. I like him. Yeah, I think he's he's really good. But yeah. it, like you said earlier, it really depends on the settings of your league. Exactly. Yep. All right. Moving on to number ten, we have the new Dodger Tyler Glass. Oh, wrong one. Uh, <laughs> Tyler Glass now. So Tyler Glass now has been elite for a very long time, but Tommy John surgery in 2021. So that that hurt him quite a bit you know he's been a little banged up kind of like every single season but yeah. um the the tommy john surgery is is the thing that is kind of the most scary uh but after seeing what he did in 2023 he just had the most starts of his career um only 120 innings last season but 21 starts you know and yeah. i feel like next season he could easily hit 150 innings as long as his arm holds up Right. Yeah. Which it, it does seem so. He didn't have the traditional Tommy John surgery where, you know, they um they cut and then reattach. They actually yep. put like a mesh around his ligament that mm-hmm. made it get stronger. So it's a little less invasive. You know, it's it's not the um it, the the downtime is a little bit better, right. a little bit shorter. So we're hoping, you know, that Tyler Glass now that this surgery will actually like hold up just yeah. as good as like a normal Tommy John surgery or maybe even better because they, they do say that that this type of surgery hasn't been around for this long where they just use the mesh instead of like replacing the ligament. Yeah. Um, usually they'll like take it from like, you know, the back of the thigh or something like that and then replace that in the elbow. But with this type of surgery, they don't need to do that. Um, I'm hoping there, there's not really a lot of data on too many guys that have had this type of surgery. So yeah. I'm hoping it actually works for him, man. But it looks like the Dodgers are actually thinking about doing a six-man rotation rather than the traditional yeah. five. And they, they have the staff to do it. They are super deep now. Like right. the depth is starting to hit incredible. I know Dave Roberts said no to that, but I think Dave Roberts is a is a in-the-moment answer to the question, not a long-term answer to the question kind of guy. So, you know, he, they still have some guys coming, you know, with injury and stuff. But once the staff gets, like, a little bit more healthy, I think he's going to have no choice but to do a six-man because he's just going to have too many guys that are not yeah. going to be not going to be pitching, you know. So I think right now he's saying no, but um, I think that's going to change when he gets a little bit uh, – some of those arms a little bit healthier. But I, I totally agree with you. His um, I think his strikeout percentage, yeah, top three in the league, I mean, they, they, they compare it to, like, what Strider can do type of mm-hmm. thing. He has that upside. It's his, it's his injury, you know. It's his injury history. Um, you know, the, the irony that his name is Glass now, you know, is, <laughs> is funny. But, um, I mean, the, the, this guy has 
the stuff. I mean, his he's got like a you know ninety what is it ninety six miles per hour fastball with huge spin, um, like mid twenties whiff rate on a fastball is like that's that's pretty good for for fastball for you know for those that don't know that that's that's pretty legit. Um, you know, I think I think Glass now if he can stay healthy is going to be. I mean, it's you can't say steal in the draft because I don't think ADP wise he's going low enough to say like steal of the draft. But he could. He, I mean, he, he probably won't pitch more than 160 still, just because of innings limits and and you know potential six man rotation, which is obviously going to take some out of it. But if he goes, if he pitches 150, uh, I mean, you're going to be happy with what he. Oh yeah. is. He's for top sure. five, I think, for sure. Upside. Yeah, and uh, Dodgers Dodger Stadium is kind of like a neutral ballpark. It's not favorable yeah. to pitchers or hitters. So I think we're going to see like the real Tyler Glass now, you know, coming yeah, out sure. in twenty twenty four. And just like you said, like there's there's so many pitchers that the Dodgers have that um, they're not going to have to rely on him like yeah, the Rays tried to do. Mm-hmm. You know, that's huge. There, there's other guys, Yamamoto and Bueller. Kershaw's coming back, and and the young Miller. guys, Bryce Mill. Uh, uh, yeah, Bobby Miller, uh, Sheehan. Yeah. So there, there's a lot of guys out there that can kind of like have his back, you know. And yep. and um, hopefully the the Dodgers are smart with him and with yeah. all their players because uh, the Dodgers have a big injury history with all their starting pitching, unfortunately. Yeah. All right, moving on to number twelve, Aaron Nola. So this is actually reversed for me. This is ADP. I actually have the next guy ahead of Aaron Nola. Okay. So I'm actually going to skip Aaron Nola, and I'm going to go to okay. the next guy. I have Max Freed actually as my number 12. Okay. Um, so ADP-wise, they are separated by three spots. So, yeah. I mean, either way, you you either one of these guys, I feel like, you know, ADP 44 is basically the same thing as ADP 47. You know, yeah. once, once someone takes Max Freed, Take Aranola. Once that someone takes Aranola, take Max Freed. You know, whoever right. goes first. But um, I I actually prefer Max Freed a lot to Aranola. Okay. I feel like Aranola just gives up way too many home runs, way too much hard hit. Yeah. Uh, Max Freed had some bad luck in May last year. Um, you know, when I hear forearm injury when it comes to starting pitching, I always assume the worst. You know, especially when that pitcher is shut down from all baseball activities for ex- an extended period of time. And that's exactly what happened to Max Freed last year. Uh, but before the injury, Freed made five starts and had a 208 ERA in 26 innings. Right. Returned in August and posted a 278 ERA in 51.2 innings. So we know that this guy, that Max Freed, is legit, that he. He can limit the amount of runs, and he's going to get a lot of run support playing for sure. one of the best teams in yeah. baseball, the top two, either the best team or, or the second best team because yeah, that's still to be determined yeah. uh, you know, for the National League. But I think Max Reed's legit, man, and I think that yeah. he, he's about a strikeout per inning. I'd like to see the strikeouts up just a little bit, yeah. but you know where he's at right now, we could definitely see him top 10 next season. Yeah, no, I, I can see that too. I mean, I think that, like you said, because of the, you know, the injury, um, the forearm could, you know, I don't, it, you know, don't even want to want to say it, but obviously it, it like can be a precursor to other things. Uh, but he had eight wins out of after starting only 14 games, you know, and like that's only one loss and only one loss. And like, that's huge too. Cause like we, I think, I think it was Kirby. We we're talking about 
13 wins but 10 losses you know that's mm-hmm. this ratio is is very different um so i think he might be just a little bit more risky just again because of the because of the injury but i mean that you know I, I, he also has really high upside like you said he he could be top 10 easily he's on one of the better teams or if not the best team um i i, I like freed too i think that he's um there's something about him too that I'm just rooting for. And I'm not rooting for the Braves hardly ever, you know, but there's something about him that I'm like, I think that he, he just has that it factor that I think um, if it clicks, he's, he's going to be going to be legit. And uh, you know, there's something about all the numbers that we say, the analytics, but there's also, uh, I heard like someone calling Coward say manalytics. He kind of, he kind of has the man, the manalytics, you know, he can, he can do it, you know? So I think that's important too. Um, I do, I do like Freed. Um, I know you're kind of up in the air on who you're going to potentially keep um, if you might keep him or I don't know if you already made your decision. Uh, well, we're keeping five. So he's right, not so one of my four locked players, but, but if, he makes if, it if the other two expansion teams, if they don't end up taking freed, I'm down to either freed or Nolan Jones. Yeah. Yeah. I get that for sure. I think that, um, yeah, that's tough, man. I don't know. It is tough. It is tough. Unfortunately. All right, so that was Max Freed. Now we're moving on to the guy that's going three spots ahead of him. Ahead of him, that is Aaron Nola. So Aaron Nola at ADP forty four, uh, four forty six ERA, twelve yeah. and nine in thirty two starts. The strikeouts were down. The walks were up. His WHIP is up. I honestly, dude, I, I'm hating on Aaron Nola. I just I don't like him. I don't understand yeah. why the the Phillies went out and. And extended him, you know, or gave him that new contract after the season. Uh, uh, I don't know. Yeah, I think that, um, you know, I think he had 8.39K per nine, um, 45 walks. So he's still in that range that we were saying that we, you know, we're okay with 193 innings. So he was, you know, pretty durable. But again, the ERA, he gives up a lot of runs. Um, I, you know, team context, he's obviously ballpark, eh, but the team itself uh, is good. So, you know, I think in a categories league, you want to stay away from him. That ERA is going to make you lose ERA um, with some of his blow up starts in a points league. Uh, I don't want him definitely as my, not my number one, um, you know, and I basically, I, don't, I probably won't end up with a lot of Aaron Nola because I'm either going to go get someone right before him that I like a lot more, or I'm just going to, you know, as, well, yeah. as my number one, or I'm going to wait and get someone after him. Um, as my number two, if you got him in a points league, I would not, you know, I'm, I'm not gonna, you know, I don't, I don't blame you, but, um, yeah, I'm, I'm with you. I think that, you know, he's clearly a number two pitcher, definitely mm-hmm. not a number one. Like some of these other guys could be number ones that we were talking about, but they're number twos. Um, he's definitely, I think top end number two. But there's, I think, guys that we're going to, you know, at some point in, you know, another podcast or that, that are lower on the list that I could see and probably could even put a, ahead of him. Um, Max Fried being one of them, like we just talked yeah. about. He's a number two on his own team, but probably, um, you know, would want him ahead of, of Nola. So, yeah, ADP 44, that's a premium that I don't want to pay for Aaron Nola. I think if um, he's going later in like maybe the sixth round. Yeah. I'll probably take him like in the sixth round, but at 44, like that's way oh, that's a great point. early for me, you man. Get other, I would rather, and I hate saying the word reach, but I would almost rather reach ADP wise for some of the pitchers that are going after him at that. But I think at 44 in that range, you're going to be able to still get some good hitters. Oh, yeah. That are a lot safer, a lot more, even more upside. 
Um, so I think, you know, kind of going that route. If if he is there, like you said, even around definitely two rounds later somehow because everyone's thinking how we are, then sure, that's that's great. But at 44, no, I, won't, I don't want to. So uh, right after him is Adolis Garcia, Devin Williams, Max Freed, Tarek Skubal, and Logan Webb, and then Manny Machado. So honestly, yeah. out of those four, Five, six guys that I just named. I'd rather have any one of those guys yeah, rather yeah. than Aaron Nola, man. I would I would take all those pitchers over Nola. I would take basically all the hitters, I think, too, actually. Yeah. So I mean, yeah. For sure. You, you know what what's really weird though is okay, so usually in drafts, I like to target upcoming free agents. Like this year, I'm targeting sure. Bregman, Pete Alonso, yeah. Juan Soto, you know, yeah. guys guys that are coming up on free agency in 2025. Yeah. Aaron Nola hit free agency this past offseason. Yeah. But his 2023 was not impressive, dude. No. His, yeah. his K percentage was down uh, almost 5%. His expected batting average was up uh, 30 points. His hard hit rate right. was up 7%, um, especially on his fastball and his sinker. Opponents had a 246 batting average against his fastball, a 279 batting average against his sinker. Uh, both of those were under 200 in 2022. Yeah, you know, velocity was basically the same compared to 2022, but his usage was a little bit different. The fa- the fastball and the curveball they were basically switched. Uh, so his usage in 2023, his fastball was 29.4. In 2022, it was at a 33.4. His curveball was at a 31.6 in last year, and then 2022 was at a a 26.5. Yeah. I, I think Nola might have to switch back to that uh, fastball yeah. being his primary pitch. I was going to say, and that, that could be something that, you know, if he ends up doing that, that could be good and, and you know, be a little bit beneficial for, for getting him. But, uh, you know, like you said, that last year was his prove-it year, and he didn't really do that. And so, um, you know, I, w- I would be more excited if he was going to, if he somehow got signed to a different team, you know, because mm-hmm. then you, you're thinking, oh, maybe they're going to make those adjustments to help him get Either back. Either that or like an upgraded ballpark, you know, sure. because yeah, Philly Stadium, Citizens Bank, it's known as a hitter's ballpark, a lot of home runs. So, right. you know, batters thrive in that ballpark. Good for yeah. Bryce Harper. Good for yeah. you getting him for like $12. Yeah. You know, but yeah. um, but pitchers, unless you're like, like, Unless you're like Aaron Nola from previous seasons where you're striking out like almost every dude, then right. it's going to be really hard to pitch in the ballpark like that. Exactly. Exactly. All right, guys. Well, that was the show. We appreciate you guys for being here. And uh, if you are still here, make sure you hit that like and uh, subscribe button if you haven't already. You can also scan that QR code in the top right corner. It will take you to all of our social medias, including Rival Fantasy. And we will leave the Rival Fantasy link in the description below. Kevmo, I appreciate you being here. Thanks for stepping in for for Javi today. Absolutely. Um, This was our starting pitcher rankings for 2024. And next week, we will be back for uh, 14 to like 26 ish, hopefully, you know, something like that. All right, guys. Thank you. And we'll see you next week. Bye bye.